This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Three Peeps in the Podcast, Robin's Review. Two big tackles helped to secure a point for Bristol City after an international break where expectation was once again high going into the home match with West Brom. After a good first half, West Brom came out the side with more intent in the second and City had to settle for a point in an improved home performance to previous league games. But still not the cutting edge of our away performances, Matt. No, um, morning, mate. Um... Nil-nil doesn't really reflect the game, does it? It was a, it was actually an entertaining game. I thought we were very, very good in the first half. Lots of really good positions to, to get into and just not, as you say, having the, the cutting edge. The second half, um, Carlos Corberon changed their shape. Um, they went sort of pushed on to us more. Um, we left quite a bit of space for them at times. Uh, and I think we looked quite leggy and that then opened it up a little bit for them. And they looked very, very dangerous. And, and and probably 10 minutes from the end, I was thinking, I'll take a point here. And then we came back into it right at the death and, and could have and probably <laughs> should have won it with, with Harry Cornick's chance. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought it was a really entertaining game and, and probably a draw was a fair result in the end. Absolutely, yeah. Well, um, Lee's three words were a missed opportunity. And I think that's uh, alluding to what you just said there. Um, yep. I'll read out a tweet, uncharacteristically too soon in the podcast, but um, here goes from Beth Not Roof over in Australia. Excellent first half. Sykes very good. West Brom dangerous after their changes. On balance, still feel City deserved a win. Much better home performance. Entertaining at last. And uh, the reason I'm reading that out is because our guest today is also from Australia, part of the BC. FC Australia crew that got together for the first time recently to watch a game and that's Steve. Steve, how are you? Hello, how are you doing guys? Yeah, yeah good stuff. You, Steve. Good stuff. Thanks for uh thanks for dialing in. Uh early evening on a Saturday, Sunday even for you, um from a place called Warnable near Melbourne. So uh is that pronounced correctly? Yeah, and close enough. We'll let you off with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three hours west of Melbourne. Thanks so much for for coming in and uh, on on a on a Sunday evening to to podcast with us. And just tell us a little bit about what took you over to Australia. Uh, it must be a big t- big tear away to not be able to get to Ashton Gate on a Saturday. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, yeah, just sort of came here traveling and um, yeah, met my now wife and she came back to England with me for a bit and and then we had to decide uh yeah what, what to where to settle and I think yeah she she wanted here more so and yeah so that was it we ended up here um, I've told her that if we ever make the Premier League um we're moving back there's <laughs> not <laughs> that's that's signed that's signed into the marriage agreement <laughs> prenuptial yeah the prenup yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely oh, i didn't think of that but now you mentioned it. <laughs> brilliant oh no it's been great to see um obviously that that bcfc australia uh collection of fans in in over over in australia get together and watch that game and seeing you on robin's tv as well yeah it's been awesome so we just sort of um just pull it out there on Facebook, basically. And we had this little group. Um, it's got 113 members now. Oh, wow. Um, 
yeah so all over australia um but we do just want people from australia to join not um just because basically there's a lot of city groups out there and we just want to keep it as a sort of chance to organize meetups things like that mm. so yeah we had we had our first meetup um with the swansea game so um six of us came and then yeah a couple came two came later and um yeah it was an enjoyable game to watch and great to not be watching it on your own in the middle of the night um <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> love that no so that's brilliant good. long may it continue absolutely brilliant uh right let's do our talk club check-in then matt how are you out of 10 um, I'm probably a good eight, mate. Um, as I say, I enjoyed the game yesterday. Um, great to meet um, some of the former players again. Mickey Mellon was was down, which was great. Um, Rick Footman as well. It was lovely to meet Rick again. Um, and then it was my goddaughter's, Lois's 21st birthday last night. So we had a, a party at hers and it was brilliant. Yeah, really, really nice night. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a good eight this morning, mate. Excellent. I'm not too hungover. Oh, well done. Well done. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll join you on an eight, I think. Uh, again, good day yesterday, improved performance. Um, and and yeah, it, I've I really miss not doing the podcast, and obviously, with the international break mm. getting in the way, although I did enjoy the Scotland game, I must say that was that was a good game to watch, not so much the other one, but uh, yeah, great to be back podcasting. And uh, we got uh, Steve and coming in as well. So, Steve, how are you at 10? Yeah, so we'll make it a hat trick of eights, and um, yeah, I'm good because um, yeah, decent game last night. I'm a bit tired from being up at midnight and uh, getting <laughs> up again at four a.m. to go to work. Um, but yeah, it's, it was my last day of work today, so I've got four days off now. Um, so yeah, good, good eight. Lovely, brilliant. Well, before we get into anything else, uh, so for this podcast, the West Brom podcast, and for the Plymouth podcast, we are going to be doing a bit of a competition we've done these in the past big thanks to our sponsors Habu, who have stumped up uh, a mascot experience i'll read out the details actually so treat a young person in your life to an unforgettable experience at a bristol city home match mascot packages are for youngsters between the age of five to twelve so you know if, if you're not five to twelve you cannot be a mascot for this situation uh granting behind the scenes access walking side by side with bristol city heroes the full package includes a mascot ticket plus three guest tickets, seating in the Lansdowne stand, pre-match dressing room visit, pre-match meal in the mascot lounge, player visit to the mascot lounge, um, certificate as well, and an on-field photo with the captain. So big thanks to Habu for that prize. So all you have to do to enter is retweet this uh this this podcast post on our twitter page at 3piapc and make sure you're following us and habu so uh that that will all be detailed on the tweet but matt what a fantastic prize yeah fantastic and uh yeah thank you to habu i guess we probably should stress to our australian contingent it doesn't include flights over <laughs> and uh hotel accommodation if anybody <laughs> yeah no limited so, yeah, limited no, to the top, experience <laughs> yeah top 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 prize yeah thank you habu yeah, brilliant stuff. Right, um, next thing, Matt, the away kit came out this week as well. We've been waiting eagerly for that, and I understand you've already got it. Uh, well, I've ordered it, and it's due for delivery today. Um, so, yeah, well, I don't know why I didn't pick it up yesterday, actually, go into the game, but still. <laughs> um, but quite a few people that I saw yesterday had them. Um, Chris, who sits behind me, um, had one in. Got to say, really like it. I like the feel of the material, mm. um, and it and it looked good. Um, so I think it it seems to have been a hit. 
it seems as though um, the club have recognised some of the feedback from the home in the, the third kit. Um, and yeah, it, it seems much more of a, a fan's, uh, fan's favourite, doesn't it? Yeah, and looking at Steve over there in Australia, he's got a black City shirt on. So there's obviously great foresight from the BC Australia, BCFC Australia contingent. Uh, Steve, what did you think of the kit? Yeah, I, I really liked it. I actually, um, I really like black kits in general, to be honest. Yeah. Um, mm. It's a good colour that you can just sort of wear casually and, yeah. and whatnot. Um, yeah, and I really like the designs for it. Some people have picked up on the, you know, the city motif or whatever for it but um yeah it was retro from the back from the programs in the years 70s. ago so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so I, I, I yeah i really like it. i think it's really smart yeah love the purple and lime detailing as well um, well you say it's got yeah. a touch of the uh the black panther to it yeah, it, it has yeah. yeah yeah that's what i thought with that <laughs> yeah. especially with that collar and those sort of lines yeah. sort of yeah that's what gives it gives it, it that feel. it'd be interesting to know the rationale behind that and whether there's any sort of meaning to it because i know if you remember the one they had the other year where it had kind of the yeah it was um you know there was definitely some some meaning behind it so it'd be interesting don't know steve did you know you haven't seen anything as to what it is yeah so um the last one was the, the top houses and totter down the color uh, of course houses. it was yeah of course it was yeah 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 good shape. Yeah. Good, good stuff yeah looking forward to uh getting my hands on one of those uh 30th birthday today for Joe Bryan, Matt, and 70th birthday for Jan Muller. Well, you're too young for Jan Muller, so you don't remember him, but I, I remember Jan. I remember Jan Muller. He was a, yeah, quite a marquee signing at the time. Um, <clears throat> came from Malmo, I think, um, obviously following Bobby um, Houghton. Uh, and yeah, played what, 60, 70 games for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, so happy birthday to him. And, and of course, Joe Bryan, one of our own. Um, you know, we we'd hoped we'd have seen him back this season, and there was a, a, that hope in the preseason. But mm. obviously, chose Mill and, and best of luck to him. But yeah, happy birthday, Joe! Yeah, right. We'll just quickly touch on the Cider Reds program as well, which is going really well. Um, available outside the ground, uh, Matt. You've had a good look through that. What did you pick out as one of your favourite bits of that program? Do you know it's it's a lot. It's a a, a real nod to programs of old. So loved the um, the piece on the opposition, loved the the piece on players that have played for both, um, and then the sort of stats at the end, um, so you can see appearances and everything, which you know you just you just don't see anymore, do you? So no, it's really good, and obviously the the, the artwork um, you can see there's clearly a, a hell of a lot of work that's gone into both the artwork and the, the kind of editorial and the, the journalism to it. So yeah. definitely, definitely well worth a read. Absolutely. Great profile on Mike Gibson as well, one of uh, the FBA it was good, ambassadors. Yeah, yeah. Loads yeah. of great old photos, um, lots of nostalgia in there as well as up to the minute stuff as well. So, yeah, good job yeah. Um, to the guys over at Cider Reds. Uh, right, let's um, let's come to the, the team lineup then. Uh, one change was made, and that was Tanner coming in for TGH. And, and Stephen, that was the only one that we expected, to be fair. Obviously, we'll come on to the bench in a minute, but... Um, that's you think that's our best start in 11 with the exception of uh, you know uh, the question mark around TGH and Tanner yeah um, yeah it, it is um Dickie's one that I would have thought because he had such a great partnership with Viner the last few games before he um had to miss game um so yeah I was wondering whether Dickie would come back in but yeah I mean that's probably other than that it's probably our strongest isn't it 
option yeah. at the moment. Yeah, that's a debate, Matt, that we can probably just cover off now regarding the, the game on Tuesday night. With a with a game coming up so soon, there's potential of a you know a resting of maybe someone like Joe Williams. Might see Naismith go up into midfield and Dickey coming in at the back because uh, he also gives us that threat at corners as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Um, you know, you could even talk about does does Carl need a, a rest as well because um, you know his his injury record hasn't been great, and so you want to kind of make sure that he's managed through. But um, the other aspect is Plymouth will be a tough game, um, so I don't I don't want to see us make any changes unless we need to. I think clearly, and we'll we'll talk about the game, but clearly Jason Knight, you could see that he's put a lot of work in in those two yeah. international games. Um, so, you know, potentially they might look at it resting Jason Knight, but again, he's a bit of a, a Duracell bunny. He just wants to keep playing, doesn't he? So I, I personally don't think there'll be many changes. And I think on George's performance yesterday, arguably he probably keeps that position. So I think if, if there's, there's no knocks, I think they'll start the same, same starting 11. Yeah. Okay. Um, on the bench, there was Ray Nelson. Uh, so it was a, a player that I, I must be honest, I, I didn't know much about at all. Uh, watching the, the the start of Robin's TV on YouTube yesterday, Trevor Chalice was in there, Matt, and he was telling us about, about him uh, and that he offers a lot of pace, uh, predominantly right-sided, right-back, right-wing. So definitely one to get excited about for the future, it seems. Yeah, it's, it's a name, I'll be completely honest with you, I hadn't heard of um, with following sort of the end of the 21s and, and you know, sort of keeping your your ear to the ground as such. But I was fortunate enough to be in the, the Lansdowne Lounge yesterday walking through um, after the teams had been announced and passed. Sort of Tins, Brian Tinian was in there. Um, and I said to Tins, you know, about um, it was this, this lad on the bench and he said he's absolutely rapid. So, you know, great to see again another player from the academy getting that experience and, and I was pleased to see I'm, I'm pretty sure I haven't um, looked at it in total but I think we had a full bench did we yesterday as well yeah and um, and, I, and I think the post-match interview with Nigel Pearson he he did sort of allude to the fact that in recent games we've been un- unable to name a full bench and he said there's you know, no sort of hidden agenda behind it it was just if people have if, if players have, have hit the grade in training then they'll get the opportunity and obviously Nelson has and in fairness to, to Nigel, and, and I'm I'm taking a bit of a backward step here because I've kind of said I, I just don't understand why we don't, and we just give someone. I'm almost kind of saying, oh, you know, pull someone out the crowd and let them have the experience on the bench. You know, I've been that sort of <laughs> stupid with it. But Nigel Pearson's absolutely right. You know, you've got to put it in to warrant that opportunity. And if players have relaxed or haven't shown the focus, then no, they shouldn't be given it. So good to see and great again for the young lads that are in the academy that can see now, look, again, that pathway is there. It's a, it's a case of when you get in there, you've got to take your opportunity. Yeah, Nigel didn't seem before the game to be even hesitant about putting him on if he needed to as well, which... Uh, no, which should... which speaks volumes. And I guess that's is probably, um, again, prudent at the, the, the start to say about Nigel being on his crutches Um and yeah. seemingly from reports is to do with a back problem that he's got, that he's waiting an operation, which he was hoping to have done in the October international break. Um, but seems as now that they're going to have to bring that forward. So there's a chance he may miss dependent on when they bring it forward, mm. but possibly, you know, the, the Plymouth and the, uh, the Leicester games and the one following that. And for him 
and ironically because it's opposition fans, but also for Leicester City, mm. I really hope that Nigel can be there for that one because I yeah. think he would get a really, really good round of applause for them. Um, you know, we we follow the forums. There's a lot of Leicester City fans that wanted Nigel Pearson back in the summer. Um, so yeah, you know, it, I I hope for his sake. Obviously, health comes first in his, mm. um, you know, his comfort. But yeah, you, you hope that he'd be able to make that one. Yeah. Uh, so it was 150 club appearances up for Zach Viner yesterday, Steve. Wow. Uh, how important was that signature on that contract for us? Oh, massive. I mean, yeah, I, I, there was a part of me thinking, you know, he, he wasn't going to sign. And um, do it we was have drifting, to really... wasn't it? <laughs> well, we've made some losses on, on some players going for, you know, nothing. And it's like... <laughs> pushing the you know pushing the boundaries of do we just have to sell him and try and get somebody else in and replace him but and that brilliant brilliant and um yeah if he keeps getting better like this he's just gonna keep getting more interest isn't he so absolutely yeah uh, no, 100% and 50 club appearances for Mark Sykes Matt he's had a a bit of a roller coaster really but he seems firmly settled and firmly established now he's he's one of those players that came in played in a position that, that wasn't his favoured position. Um, I think this season, he started off really, really well. I thought yesterday he was excellent for the the, the period that he was on the pitch. Mm. Um, I think he's found his, his, his position. I think he's got used to the pace and quality of the championship. Um, and I think we'll, we'll see Mark Sykes this season will be, be better and better. So, yeah. yeah, congratulations to him. 50 caps seems like such a short period of time doesn't it but i guess what is it 46 league game so it's uh yeah you know a season isn't it but yeah no great 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 news for him yeah absolutely right before the game there was a really touching tribute to lisa fillingham so uh her friends and family lined up on the side of the pitch and the whole the whole ground including the west brom fans recognizing the contribution that lisa made to to bristol city ashton gate um over the last 25 years so just wanted to to mention that and yeah obviously yeah. rest in peace lisa okay let's get to the game then so third minute sykes bursts forward covered well over half the pitch and it was a fairly decent cross but easily dealt with steve um uh, as we've just said sykes that's what he loves to do is to get those yards yeah and it was yeah, it's just great pressing early, wasn't it? And just setting that tone as you know, Nigel often talks about that, doesn't he? Just getting that start, start setting the tone from the start. And um, yeah, I mean it was brilliant. He was up against um uh, the what's his name, Peters on that side, and 35-year-old up against that pace. I mean, yeah, <laughs> he struggled a bit, I think. So yeah, it was yeah. awesome to see. Always good to see that early on, Matt, as well. But with the with the cross to the back post and only probably Wells and potentially Bell getting there, that's that you kind of need to be getting to the byline and pulling it back for that. Yeah, I think purely on the on the the pace that he was running at, it was that kind of natural ball to try and whip it in early enough. And I thought it was it was a decent ball, maybe slightly too much pace on it, but um, as Steve said, the the pace that he showed. That's where, for me, you then have players saying, we've got to get the ball to Sykesy because he's got this bloke on absolute toast there. Mm. And we did that, so it was good to see. And I think Mike Sykes' confidence, you could see it you know, throughout the game. So it, it was a, a yeah, really, really positive start and a, and a great run from Sykesy from deep in his own half when he picked it up. Yeah, he was lit more or less just at, on the edge of his eight-yard box yeah. in line with that. Yeah. So, yeah, great yeah. yards covered. 
Tenth minute, good work from Wells, getting down the left, cutting back, and then cutting back from the byline and shooting right-footed but wide, Matt. Um, don't often see that from from Wells. And the fact that he was playing sort of down the middle, you'd expect to see that more from, from Sam Bell, but there might be a little bit of interchanging going on there. Yeah. Um, I thought, again, I thought Mackie looked, looked really sharp yesterday. Just couldn't find the shooting boots to to put it on target. He was doing everything, but worked worked so so hard, um, and showed some some good trickery as well um, on the touchline a couple of times, um, bringing the ball in. But yeah, good good move, um, good passenger play. Just not quite there with the, the the end product, the quality at the end. Yeah, and I mentioned Bell there, Steve. Sixteenth minute, Bell powers through with electric pace, and then it was Wells who wins the corner. So. Bell and Wells and Sykes all getting some joy early on in the first sort of 15, 16 minutes. Um, but on that particular move, Sam Bell just literally opened up and just ran at them, didn't he? Oh, yeah. It's frightening when he does that. And um, I mean, yeah, he's one of them that excites you, isn't he? And um, like West Brom are a good side too. And he's outpaced them all. And yeah, he's oh, I love it. It's brilliant. And then he'll run all day, wouldn't he, Bell? Mm. So. Exactly. Yeah, it was great to see. Yeah, 20th minute, Matt. Bell out wide. He finds James, who cushions it, uh, cushions a pass to Knight, who who you think, right, he's going to open this one up, bend it in the top corner, but it was just a bit high and wide, that one. Yeah, it was. Um, but again, highlights what we'll get from Jason Knight this season. Jason Knight will score a couple of goals this season from outside the box, I'm sure of it. Um, but a very, very good move. Great play from, from James. Um, and yeah, the, you know, I'm going to say unlucky. It, it, it again, execution kind of wasn't quite mm. there, but a, a really good move. And yeah. we were so on top, weren't we? Absolutely. Yeah. Literally a minute later, Steve, it's Naismith, uh, our centre back, who's up up on the edge of the box and showed a lot of skill to engineer and carve out a, almost a superb individual goal. Uh, but his shot was over the bar also. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they were. Um... He, he definitely he's one that sometimes can pop up in those positions, isn't he? And um, hit the shots, but yeah, it was good to see them all all just going at him every time, breaking forward, and yeah, it was awesome to see. They he almost got that in his locker, did, hadn't he? Yeah, he has. I mean, he almost did the hard part, and then kind of leant back a little bit with the the goal. But if yeah, if buts and maybe, but if he scores that. That's being shown on Sky, you know, because it's that it would have been <laughs> that good a goal, wouldn't it? So, um, but great again, footwork, great footwork, and and that's your centre half up there on the edge of the box, and that's that's what Naismith gives you, as opposed to Rob Dickey or um, Rob Atkinson, even from that point of view. You know, he, he obviously has that ability on on the ground. Um, so no, great, great, another great passenger play here. Yeah. 35th minute it's Sykes capitalizing on a mistake by the goalkeeper and he's one of those ones where he's just got to get his shot away from the angle but two bouts of unluckiness I've made that word up by the way unluckiness um it rebounds off the post and not into the path of Naki Wells Steve so not only does it not go in it comes back off the post Naki Wells is right there and it bounces just away from him yeah yeah, yeah, just our luck in it at times. Um, I mean, yeah, we've created lo- lots. Well, the, this whole first half, we've been talking about all these chances, and we're just mm. none of them are sort of going on. I think we had one shot on target in that 
first half and it was just nothing was going for us in that way um but yeah again the intent was there and they were working all the angles and yeah yeah all he could have done Matt there was get that shot on target and it's not on target as it hits the post but it's as close as it could be yeah I mean it's clearly not all he could have done he could have scored but um (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I mean, there, there were fans by me going, "Oh, he's got a score there," and I said, "He's taking it the first time. He's he's yeah. he's anticipated the keeper making the mistake, and as you say, he hits it first time. He's just unlucky that he doesn't get a bobble that takes it in. Um, but but even more so, as you say, the unluckiness um, for Naki Wells because he's followed it in lovely, and you're thinking this is just a tapping because the keeper's obviously no man's land." And it just, I don't know what's going on with our post because the rebound just takes it <laughs> completely out of you know, the direction that you just wouldn't have expected, wouldn't it? So, yeah, yeah very, very unlucky both for, for Sykesy and, uh, and Naki there. Yeah, really important moment in the 37th minute. It's Asante through on goal. And Zach Viner makes a great last gas tackle. And what a tackle it was. Timed perfectly. I must admit, though, I was actually focused on Max and seeing how he was positioned and looking at him as if to give him some special powers to make the save. But uh, to see, you know, Max make that save, it, um, it was just fantastically timed, Matt, wasn't it? And one of those things that we've seen so many times from Zach over the last season and this season, and he is, as as Steve said earlier on, just almost continuing to to grow as a player. Yeah, um, we'll talk about Zach um, in the ratings and stuff. Um, let's be fair, Zach had a couple of really really poor passes in that first half, um, so it it wasn't an exemplary um, display by any stretch. Um, and the 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 chance Thomas Asante was his man. He spun off and got through. But the pace that Zach showed and then the challenge that he showed, he he, he doesn't make that challenge. It's a red card and a sent, you know, he's sent off and a penalty. Um, so he has to get that time and spot on. And there's another challenge we'll talk about in the second half um, that I don't think was right. And I think the ref got wrong. That one was absolutely spot on and very, you know, you, you throw the, the, the Bobby Moore-esque tackle on Pele and it was a brilliant and absolutely brilliantly timed tackle. And the way you tell it, Patches, as well, is that you had Naki Wells, other players coming back for the, the corner, celebrating with him. You know, that that's equivalent of a goal, isn't it, from that point of view? It's just such a, a good moment. So, no, but brilliant, brilliant tackle from Zatvina there, yeah. Yeah, exactly what I was just about to say to Steve. It was as good as a, a goal. But saying that, obviously, we've seen Max O'Leary make some great one-on-one saves. So I was, I had faith in Max that he would, he would probably, you know, obviously try and save it. But it, it all depended on how well Asante finished it. But it's as good as a goal, Steve. I bet you jump it up and down with that one. Oh, but I mean, yeah. Well, like we're talking about how he's grown um, two, three seasons ago, whatever. You know, he probably would have brought him down and. Um, and it took the player instead. So it's just another example of his confidence that he's got to, to be able to do that now. And yeah, it was, was as good as a goal. Like you say, it was brilliant. So I saw a social media post saying that this, this particular person who posted can't recall any player having the kind of transition from where he was in both fans views, management views and performances to where he is now he's he's pretty much the first name on the team sheet at the moment and he's 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 having that 
performance, but he's he's performing like a captain. He brings the ball out, he looks to pass, and he defends magnificently. Um, so yes, huge huge credit to Zach Viner because um, so much of that comes down to his own inner belief in himself and mental strength because you know these players read what what people put um so yeah i think i think it's a massive massive credit to zach viner yeah well that's that's the thing people forget they're they're young guys and they do see all this and it you're does absolutely right them. steve yeah um, you're absolutely right and, um yeah i mean I, I think that showed and now he's built his confidence up yeah he's like a different player isn't he so yeah one more note i've got 40th minute psych Sykes crosses, but it was a t- too hard for for Bell to get on the end of. Um, yeah. So yeah, continuing to to get forward. This is a message from the Bristol City Former Players Association. Throughout last season, we brought a number of ex players back to Ashton Gate. We were pivotal in delivering celebratory events. This season, we will be commemorating some important moments in the club's history and some very important people who were part of our club. If you would like to assist with sponsorship of any of these events, please get in touch with me via email to events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. In addition, we're always on the lookout for any interesting artefacts from the club's history to add to our ever-growing Bristol City archive. Thanks for listening, and my email address again is events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. Thank you. Half-time summary from Rob, really heartened by our display, executing the game plan well, and we've definitely been the better side. High tempo and attack and exploiting spaces in behind is the way to go, and our closing to repel their threats has been good. We've been unlucky, none more so than with Sykes' attempt from an acute angle that not only didn't go off the post but didn't rebound for Wells. We seem on it today, and James Viner and Naismith has been, have been razor sharp in defence. More of the same, please, second half, and we can win this. Matt, happy with uh, that summary? These, again, two weeks running, Rob. I can't, I can't disagree with it, mate. Yeah, and uh, that is sponsored by RB Spoke Quizzes. Check them out on Facebook. Ah, okay. Yeah, check them out. Uh, yeah. Right, into the second half. 59th minute is my first note. It's a bell cross and Sykes' head deflects over. So Bell's down the left-hand side. It comes in. Sykes j- gets up in, in line with the defender almost, and it kind of rebounds off the defender, goes out for a corner. But, uh, yeah, only fi- like yeah, 15 minutes into the second half. That's the first thing to talk about, Steve. Yeah, yeah. It was um, a little bit of a slower start as in se- than second half. Wasn't it? They didn't definitely didn't come out like the first. So, yeah, it did take a while to get into it. And, um yeah, that was pretty much the first incident I sort of wrote down too. Absolutely. So. Yeah, Matt, it was a strange sort of half an hour really uh, in the second half with obviously West Brom came out with their tails up a bit more and nullified some of our threat. Um, and it wasn't until the 78th minute that we made a double substitution. For you, would you expect to see those substitutions earlier? We've been used to sort of 60 to 70 minutes, haven't we? We have, um, and and I would have because I thought that we looked really, really leggy. Um, 
J- as I said, Jason Knight was 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 tired, so I thought that was the right right decision. But I also thought Jay Williams had tired. I thought I thought Jay Williams was outstanding in the first half. Um, that midfield three again, him, James, and Knight were, were were superb. But I thought he looked tired as well. Um, and West Brom had really gone for it. They pushed up onto us. Um, you know, I, I concentrate on kind of the, the the ball and what's going on. So I, you know, I'm, I'm not focused enough to say well yeah they they changed shape and they went to a diamond or did whatever but they clearly had pushed up on us um and got a real strong foothold in the game and Corbron had made early subs um so yeah I, I was surprised patch i thought that um i'm not sure what changes i would have made um and we were having a bit of a discussion sort of in and around us that i'm not sure we had game changes on the bench and and actually i'm going to change that because I think Yaboa could have been so I think Yaboa coming on slightly earlier might have changed things a little bit but um, yeah I was surprised and, and as you say Nigel Pearson seemed, seemed to have this habit of 60 minutes that's when mm. a change would come so it, it did seem a, a little bit too late really yeah yeah, so the changes did come, Steve, on the 78th minute. It's Cornick for Wells and Yaboa for Sykes. So your thoughts on those substitutions and when they came? Well, um, I just put here that um... Basically, West Brom, they, they had the Sante up there on his own, very isolated for a while. And on the 65th minute, they brought on Maja. And that was when it changed for me. Mm. Um, he was supported then. And Maja was, you know, he was running in and causing us all sorts of issues. So, yeah, I, I would have made those changes earlier. Um, and, yeah, I mean... Sykes, they were they've been running all game wells. You've you've got to give them some rest. So yeah, I would have just done it a bit earlier than that, like you say. Yeah, no, I would have too. Uh, and then four minutes later, Matt, it's Roberts on four nights. So why not a triple substitution? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe there's a feeling that if you make too many at the same time, it mm. dis- disrupts the balance a little bit, but. Yeah, um, and obviously Cam then sort of pushed further forward and Roberts went into sort of Cam's position. But yeah, yeah, yeah. See how it goes from there. 86th minute, the ball comes in from George Tanner. Sam Bell gets a slight flick on it and Cornick chests it down and shoots right-footed on target, but at the West Brom keeper who spreads himself really well. Either side of the keeper, that's a goal, Steve. Oh, yeah, I know. Easy to say and, no, um, but... <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's never that easy. And, and especially for Cornick, I feel so terrible for him, all the stuff he has to put up with, all the... Um, yeah. You know, he's getting a lot of flack lately and it just had to be in that received it, didn't it? And uh, I miss it. So, yeah, I really wanted that to go in for him because I, I think that's all it's going to take is, is a couple of goals. And, uh, uh, you know, you could see him not flying but you know get going at least so yeah yeah it, it was hard to see <laughs> Matt, he's, Matt he, he's got to get into that position first of all which he does knocks the ball to one side with his chest to get the shot away the keeper does spread himself but yeah just finding the finding the corner easy to say now as I say yeah it's easy to say as a, a you know me a, a fat 50 year old with dodgy knees there's no way I'm scoring it but he's got to score He's got a score. Um, that that's that's a, a moment that potentially, as Steve's saying, there changes Harry Cornick's perception from you know um, how he's perceived by fans. Um, 
he, he does get a lot of unfair criticism, I think, but having that opportunity there um, and not taking it, if he scores that, he, he's a hero. He's then Tuesday night, you know, may even get a starting place on Tuesday night on the back of it, you know, because of it. Um, but I don't, I don't want to be overly critical of him. Um, but I, I do think he will look back himself. I've watched it back this morning. And thought actually the keeper straight on him, you know, real, real time because it's in my end. Yeah, yeah. It felt as though he sort of picked the ball up. He could pick his spot, and it wasn't that at all. It was a far quicker um, yeah. opportunity. So it's it's slightly unfair to say he's got to score there, but he will be disappointed. I think. You will. Then there's a chance just after that for Joe Williams, who's just over yeah. after great work from Yeboah in the corner, Matt. Yeboah was a real menace, wasn't he? And it, 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 it even probably caused a foul in that in the build-up to that. But the referee's like, well, that's you're almost like looking at it like that's that's a young lad there and you've been done by him. So and, and I play th- on. I think, yeah, exactly that. I think the, the EFL have made those rule changes that they're letting more physical contact go. Um Yeboah is probably a little bit unfortunate that Sykes is playing as well as he's playing at the moment because you don't take Sykes out and you don't take Sam Bell out. And so, you know, he's coming on with, as it was yesterday, I don't know, 10 minutes to go. Um, yeah. But that's because of how well Sykes was playing. But he he is a threat. He's going to be a really, really good player for us. Um, he's got a lot of pace, but a lot of tenacity as well, hasn't he? Yeah. And has he come on, on the left as well as the right, or has it just been the right? Um I think he came on the left one game. It might have been, it might sure. have come on to the left, yeah. I think it's mainly been right, isn't it? But Yeah. Okay. Uh so eighty ninth minute. This was a bit of a strange one for me. Uh Bell off and Dicky on. Matt, any thoughts on why you might be doing that? It it felt as though are we settling for the point? That's how um, it felt to me, but which yeah, is why yeah. it felt a little bit strange. Um, and, yeah, and when, when when we saw Dicky on the sidelines we were sort of, you know, a, a couple of the guys said, oh, he's, he's going to stick him up front, the old sort of Aidan Flint trick. <laughs> um, that's that's not Nigel Pearson at all. So I said, no, he's not. I think I think he's he's looking to make sure we we keep the point. And I don't, I don't, oh, was it a negative move? I think Sam Bell had ran his legs into the ground again. Um, but there's also that point of, actually, it was a big point. And I would have left the ground yesterday. Obviously, if West Brom score, we all leave gutted. Yeah. But it would have left people leaving the ground and being critical. And actually, it was a really good performance. So there's an element where I think Nigel Pearson recognised that West Brom were a good side. And actually, let's let's come away with the point. Um, but I guess that's not, you know, you're not, it doesn't feel like we were going for the win, does it? It did feel like that's what that move was about. Any thoughts on that one, Steve? Yeah, so I actually thought um, Dickie was brought on um, so Naismith could push up a little bit further. Um, that was how I sort of seen it. Yeah, quite, yeah. Um, just, yeah, just because, you know, Naismith, does, he can go forward and he can... I think give he was them a striker as well at one point, wasn't he? <laughs> In his career. Yeah. I think he's played everywhere. So I, so I thought he did that just to give him that bit more freedom and push him forward and, yeah, Dickie sort of stayed back. So Yeah. But and like yeah. I said, because I, I focus on the ball, I don't then really, unless it's massively obvious, I don't necessarily look at the the positional switch. But, yeah, I think that's a really good shape, Steve. I'm sure there will be um, others that will, will comment in the, well, the, conversely, the, the podcast. But, yeah. It, it was the 93rd minute when Naismith has to make a really important tackle right at the death. He takes the ball and the man for me. <laughs> but uh, it's the... It's the reaction of uh, it's a reaction of some of the city players, Matt, for me that helped it not be a penalty because it was there was no kind of turning around and saying no, no ref like that. They yeah. just sort of 
got on with well, it. And sometimes yes. it's the reaction of players that that can help make a referee's mind up. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a definite penalty. I think he takes the man with the ball. Um, and, and actually, in, in the modern game, I think it's a definite penalty from that point of view. Um, <laughs> you know, I've seen I've seen footage this morning that someone's posted a game where um, they've taken a steal saying that like, he clearly got the ball. But you can see that the bloke's legs have already gone from under him. <laughs> and then Naismith's got the ball. So, yeah, I, I, I personally think it was a penalty. Um, and I also thought we were slightly fortunate um, a little bit earlier than that when, uh, I don't know if that was Madge as well, took a shot that Zach Viner blocked um, and, it, and it hit his hands as he blocked it because he was on the floor. Um, so I thought we were a little bit fortunate there. So, again, for me, I think nil-nil was a fair reflection on the game, but but maybe we got away with it a little bit because I thought both of those incidents on another day are definite penalties. Yeah, interesting, interesting stuff. Steve, you obviously watched that real time and had a few replays. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree, agree Matt. I think it was a little bit lucky there. And um, yeah, again, we, we don't want to be seeing last ditch tackles no. like that too often, do we? It's as fun as they are to see, you know, you've got to, it can go either way. So, yeah. He actually was interviewed after the game, Matt, on Radio Bristol. I don't know if you heard it, but he was sort of saying he doesn't want to be going to ground there. If it's, if he doesn't get it right, then given a penalty in the last minute, it's not obviously not what you want to do. Um, and even getting sent off, you know, we we haven't really got squad depth to be getting players suspended and injured, etc. No, it, no, and it's it's where, um, as I say, it's where where I thought we we looked leggy. And and Steve kind of alluded to it. They're they're bringing on um, Madger, who was the the lad, if you remember. I mean, ironically, both with kind of a TV role because you had Thomas Asante who was part of the class of. 93 or 92, whichever way around it was, um, play, playing for Salford. And you saw him being signed up and coming in. Um, and I thought he looked really, really lively yesterday. And then you have Maggi, who was part of the Sunderland um, oh, yeah, that's Sunderland I Until I Die yeah. documentary. And he was the lad that got the move off to was it Bordeaux, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I thought, as I say, you know, for, for me, I know West Brom haven't had the greatest starts and there's a lot of talk about their financial problems, but West Brom have got real quality in that side. So for us to put in a performance like that, and and actually that's what we've been crying out for. I know I know we want to win at home, but I also wanted to see a performance. Yes. And I thought we had we had that yesterday. Um Absolutely. You know, if, if you, you're getting a battering and you come away with a one nil, of course you're happy with it, but it still leaves you the concerns. I'm not concerned having seen that performance yesterday. Now, Tuesday, much different kind of game. Plymouth are going to have, I don't know, whatever that they've sold out. So whatever that is in the Atio, three, four thousand. Three, I think, yeah. Um, they're buoyed by, you know, their their championship winning title last season. They've done reasonably well on their start. Um, and they play sort of fast, expansive football. So it's going to be a tough game on Tuesday. Tough game. Yeah. I, I mean... Four points out of six at home playing Plymouth and West Brom, I think, would be a great, great oh, yeah. turnaround. Yeah, um, absolutely. A defeat against Plymouth. It, it depends on the manner of the defeat, but yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be hard to swallow. I yeah, think, it would. For some people. Yeah, it would. And and um, I think I heard yesterday is it one win in seven at home? Um, yeah. In the in the league, obviously going back to last season. So you know, it. it and Nigel Pearson knows that. He knows that they, they, they need he says to address it. that. He says it. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, again. When you put performances in like that, the results will then come. Yeah. 
Cool. Good stuff. That's all um, That's all I've got here. So, uh, Matt, do you want to go to the ratings? And for those who haven't listened before, it's uh, six is an expected performance. Um, and Steve, if you've got any any uh, disagreements that you want to take up with Matt during this, then please do feel free to jump in. Absolutely. All yeah. about opinions. Um, Rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ma- Max, I've gone seven. And the reason for going seven is... Um, he didn't have any real saves to make, but I thought his distribution, his positioning, but he, he, he came in court balls. He punched a couple of balls when we were under pressure. I thought it was quite a commanding goalkeeping performance. So that's why I went seven for Max. Um, at the back, uh, there's a, a, actually quite a bit of a theme with this really, but um, I've gone seven for Carl Naismith. I've gone seven for Cam and seven for George Tanner. Um, people might have sort of say with George, um, you know, he's, he's steady and we've talked about it before. I thought George had a really good game yesterday. I thought he, he got caught once and got the booking, um, but I thought he got forward. He was linking well on the right-hand side with Sykesy. Um, and then I thought he defended well as well. So that, that was why I went a seven for George, because I think he's, he'd upped his performance a little bit. And also, yeah, that, that chance at the end for Cornick. You know, it yeah. probably wouldn't have got the assist because Sam Bell gets a slight head on it, yeah. but he's getting he's the ball a, into the box. He's a key contributor, isn't he? So absolutely. Um, and then I've got to go eight for Zach um, and man of the match for Zach. Um, I thought that tackle was was worthy of a point in terms of this anyway. Um, but as a, everything I'd said before about him, I just thought it was another really strong performance. And I thought to myself when I was doing this, I know we're only, you know, what are we, six, seven games in? Six, isn't it? At home. Um, I thought, you know, Zach, that, Zach's done pretty well, I think, for us so far. And I, I then look, there's four man of the matches now that, yeah. that I've given Zach and we've given Zach. Um, but I just thought he, he, he stood out. There were some really good performances yesterday. But again, I thought for me, Zach stood out. So. Um, I went eight for Zach. Um, midfield, I went to two sevens for Joe and Matty, um, Joe Williams and Matty James. Um, both, I thought, could easily have been eights had they continued the second half as they were in the first half, which is always a difficult thing to say. Um, but I thought Joe, Joe in particular, I thought looked really, really strong, but then did fade. Um, and then Jason Knight, who I'm a massive fan of, but I thought his level, as I said, looked like he was tired yesterday. So I gave Jason a six because I just didn't feel he was at his, his pomp yesterday. Well, that um, expectation after seen. being man of the match against Holland in, exactly. the, in the week. But clearly, you know, there 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 is a, there is um yeah not fatigue, but whether it was mental, physical, I don't know. I, I get the feeling as well, because a lot of the presses that you see post-match for, for Ireland, it's Jason Knight that's that's sort of doing them. So I get the feeling that he's becoming a little bit of a poster boy for them. Mm. Not in, you know, the context of you know, your Beckhams and players like that in the past. But I think I think Ireland recognise what a good player he is. Um we see a lot of social media posts to do with City on Ireland performances because of Jason Knight. Mm. So yeah, I just I just felt to, to say it's a dip 
it makes it well, seem sort of a negative. It's not. I just feel it was a player who's played three games in, you know, a week and and high profile games. Yeah, and just going back to the the, the way we scored this, six is an expected performance. Exactly. Um, yeah. And yeah. you could argue there you expected a bit more from from Jason Knight. Yeah. 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 And he's not just any normal player either, is he? He's a player that the way he plays. A lot of kilometers. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to. I'd actually love to see his running stats and see just how much he covers. Because, and a lot of sprints as well, which is very difficult, isn't it? So yeah. Um, Sykes, I went seven again. Probably if he stays on the field, um, and who, who knows what contributions he may have had in those last twenty minutes, that could easily be an eight. Because I thought again he he was superb in the first half. Um, <laughs> But I went seven for him. And then again, as I say, the theme, um, Sam Bell, Naki Wells, I went two sevens. Um, and people might potentially in, in particular, maybe with Naki because of the, the chances he missed. But um, I think he made a lot of those chances. But I thought Naki's work rate again yesterday was exceptional. Um, there were two or three times where he was the man challenging back with the defenders. He raced back and made those challenges. Um, so yeah, I, th- I thought again it was it was two two strong performances from Sam and Naki. And then for Nige, I'm, I'm not going to spoil it. I went seven for Nige. Um, I think a point against West Brom, um, and the way that West Brom came out in that second half and played, I think is a, a decent point. So um, yeah, I went a seven for Nige. Okay, good stuff. Right, well, uh, roll on Plymouth. Fast turnaround for the next game on Tuesday. Looking forward to that. No doubt it's going to be. A really good atmosphere under the lights. Not local derby, but it's uh, relatively close. And there's always that little bit of extra bite, Matt, isn't there, with the with the Plymouth? Yeah, game? I do. I I kind of feel as a bit of a derby myself. Um, over the years, I've always felt that with with Plymouth games. So, um, there's definitely it's a, it's a West Country derby, isn't it, from that point yeah. of view? So, um, yeah, it will. As I say, it, it's going to be a tough game. There, there are a good side Plymouth. They've got a lot of youngsters in there. Um, some some certainly one or two prem players that they've got on link. Um and Schumacher has them playing some really, really good football. So um, you know, but all of that said, we need to be going there and, and looking to get that win. Um, because as you said, Patch, four points then looks a good result. Mm. Two points out of two home games, not really. Yeah, one still gonna be that. Why can't games. we do it at home? Question exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I do you think you know, when you look back at certainly um, Preston, more so the Birmingham game, the performance levels were very, very different than what we'd seen away. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, that wasn't the case. That was a performance level that's matched what we've done away, wasn't it? Yeah. Steve, for you, as a man who's watched most games, apart from one, I think you said you came to the whole game at the end of last season or the season before with Andy Vyman's hat-trick. But as you've watched the last you know, 10 years, most games on Robin's TV... Have you put your finger on a difference with the home and away and why we can't always achieve it at home? No, I mean, it's just, you know, what's been said at that team's come there and set up differently, I guess, because they're, they're away, you know, and we always struggle against teams like, well, like Preston and, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, oh, it's strange, isn't it? Really weird. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yesterday it wasn't for the it wasn't for not trying, was it? But it's just uh, not, yeah, it's just going away. So yeah, I think there's just that different mindset and mentality. The 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 away fans, the Bristol City away fans, are singing throughout. It's concentrated in one area. 
um everyone's sort of out on a on a day out kind of thing there's that different mindset from the fans could be one element um yeah but but yeah, there's they... been enough players since and you know it's been a problem for a little while now hasn't it so yeah it's weird yeah absolutely <laughs> cool all right so um tuesday night uh what time will that be for you getting up in australia to watch that one i think it's uh quarter to five in the morning so not too bad yeah so that's actually a good one i'm normally up sort of five-ish anyway so no that that's a good time Oh, and the kids are off school, so I'm not I'm not driving to school with the phone going and on the <laughs> playing. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, great stuff. Well, thank you so much to, for coming on the podcast and um a happy Sunday evening to you. Our Sundays are just just getting going. Um, but just a reminder for everybody to, to to do that retweet and enter that prize draw for the mascot experience. Um be fantastic to be able to gift that to a to a godson, goddaughter, you know, son or daughter, or a friend, someone like that, who's going to just get the most out of that experience. Um, don't forget, aged five to twelve. I can't stress that enough. Um, it could be quite embarrassing seeing uh, a thirty-five-year-old bloke walking out, or, or, yeah. or a lady. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thank- I'm thankful that Rob Blaney had a a tour around the stadium yesterday because I could have seen Rob shaving his beard off putting yep. on his shorts and seeing if you can get in with it. <laughs> Absolutely. No, good stuff. Right. Thanks for this, everybody. Don't forget to follow us over on Twitter at 3PIAPC. And Steve, big thanks for dialing in. Thank you, Steve. No, very much for having me. Um, like I said, I'm a regular listener, so it's a privilege to come on. Thank you very much. Yeah, Thank you, excellent. Excellent. Good stuff. Right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back soon, probably Wednesday at some point. Right. Cheers, yes. all. Cheers, all. Take care. Shake it up.